Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. And we have got a great show in store. But before we dive into today's conversation, here's a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I tend to be pretty optimistic and future-oriented. You know this about me. I'm not one to dwell on problems. But y'all, sometimes the only way to solve a problem is to sit with it for a little bit. Y'all know me. Sitting in pain isn't my favorite. But I do love the feeling of finding solutions and healing. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver and make it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I'm often surprised how conversations with my own therapist will meander, but we end up yielding exactly what I needed for the problems I was facing. God, I'm so grateful for her. And I want you to have that kind of support too. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient and accessible and affordable and entirely online. You'll fill out a brief survey and BetterHelp matches you with the therapist and your journey toward a healthier you begins. They make it easy to switch therapists at any time so that you can be sure of a great fit for the help that you need. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. So visit betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. And be sure to check out the show notes for links to all of our sponsors for the transcript of the show. And make sure you sign up for the AFD Week in Review emails. Today on the show, I get to talk with Jody Benson, who is a legit Disney legend. You guys, she's the voice of Ariel and the Little Mermaid. So needless to say, she's an incredibly talented vocalist and voice actor who has performed everywhere from Broadway to concert stages, cruise ships to behind the scenes booths for beloved animated features and series. Her new book, Part of My World, What I've Learned from the Little Mermaid about love, faith, and finding my voice, tells the story of her incredible journey and I was beside myself to get with to talk with her and hear how her faith has sustained and guided her through and hear some awesome Disney stories too. <laughs> we are so Disney right now. I'm very into it. I cannot wait for y'all to fall in love with Jody Benson just the way you fell in love with Ariel. So y'all, here is my conversation with Ariel herself, Jody Benson. Jody, welcome to That Sounds Fun. 
Well, thanks for having me, Annie. I really appreciate it. Oh my it. gosh, you just so you, fun. You have to know that every single person who meets you goes like Ariel's on my podcast. <laughs> Barbie is on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I love my job and I'm very, very thankful. In your new book, Part of My World, it comes out tomorrow when everybody's hearing this. It comes out tomorrow. Gotcha. My, I want to read you a line that you wrote. And this, I was like, this is where we're going to start. You said, being Ariel isn't just my job. It's also my ministry. Will you talk mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not by chance that I was cast in this role all those years ago because I'd never done a voiceover. I'd never been behind a microphone. So, like, why me? But through the decades now, I, I see that it was it was divinely planned. You know, yeah. this was part of the story that, that God needed me to be on this journey. And the people that I've met along the pathway, I mean, everything that's happened because of the film, because of the relationship with the company, has has been predetermined, you know, and it's just beautiful to see that because there's really absolutely no reason why I would have gotten the job. Yeah. When you write in the book about how often you keep boxes of tissues with you, when, when you meet people at events or whatever, Mm -hmm. because when people tell you about their experience with the little mermaid, they cry. Tell me why, what is it that they are, what are some of the themes of that? Right. Yeah. I think um, through the years when I get a chance to hear everyone's story, which I I absolutely love, it triggers them to the first time that they saw the film. Yeah. And whether it's with a parent who's no longer with them, a grandparent that's no longer with them, whether it was through uh, treatment, you know, cancer treatment, chemo, skin graphing for for a little girl that was a, a burn victim in a hot wow. tub accident and you you hear each of these stories or recently this I just flew back from London last uh, from England last night Manchester and met thousands and thousands of people over the weekend it was wow. it was amazing um and to hear uh I have a, a huge following for our film and for the character that are in the autism spectrum on the mm. spectrum and how many people have learned to speak that are nonverbal from our film. And a lot of people make a connection with Ariel who are um, not able-bodied, that are quadriplegics, paraplegics, a lot of wheelchair-bound guests that I meet that make a connection with Ariel who hope and pray for legs to be able to walk one day. And so each of these stories has their own spin on it. And it's such a privilege, really, and an honor to get to be a a small part of that story. So when they come to meet me, we try to create it to be private moment, but I, I love to hear the stories and it's, you know, it's kind of like holy ground really to hear that intimate detail of what the connection is. Hence the Kleenex boxes usually right nearby. I mean, you just flew back from Manchester. Are you so tired? No, I, I have traveled internationally for nearly 40 years and I do a jet lag sort of program that was from the U.S. government, from the CIA back in the day. I have what? this little book that I use, and it works. So I never tell me more. Lag. Is it like the grounding where you go stand outside? <laughs> no, no, it's a it's a jet lag diet. I use the word diet loosely. It's yes. kind of a feast and. Um, 
like a feast fast three or four days before you make your time change. But the biggest key is when you walk onto your plane, you switch to the time that you're going. Okay. That's the key. And you live according to their time. And never look back. You You never look back. No, no. And it doesn't matter. Like this was a quick trip. So I flew through the night Thursday, got there Friday and flew back Monday, but no jet lag there and no jet lag back. (gasps) So I, I was ready for work at nine o'clock this morning and I was up for 24 hours. So it, it, it's just works for me. It works for me that I don't have jet lag because normally when I get off a plane, I'm walking into work. Yes. And when I get back home, my mother would be walking back into homeschooling my yes. kids the next morning or yes. back to work. So it works for me. <laughs> I am so impressed. I just well. traveled international this summer and I said to myself, I've got to figure out a plan going east because when you go east and you land, that's the day starting. And yeah. so it is that feeling of like, Oh no! I'm it, my body thinks it's the middle of the night. No, you but it's gotta the trick day. your you got to trick your body by the second you get on the plane, you go to bed. Yes, you okay. go to bed and you wear your mask and yep. your earplugs and you don't eat and you don't drink just your water. You wake up breakfast their time and you yep. eat yourself a nice healthy breakfast. Get off the plane. You got to stay up all day till ten p.m. Yep, yeah. You cannot nap. Don't nap. Well, That's napping is key. no, no, no. It's the disaster. That'll mess you up. Yeah, for days. You'll never. You'll spend your <laughs> yeah. whole trip <laughs> recovering right. from that day one nap. Yeah. Were you over there doing like? Was it like a meet and greet a or convention. was it an event? A convention. Yeah. yeah, meet and greets, taking photos, and getting to hear people's stories, which I love. That is just incredible. I mean, you could you write about this a little bit in part of my world, but no one could have imagined that the people who are the characters of Ariel that your life would be shaped by this. Right. Yeah, because when I did this film, we weren't going to be announced who the voices were. It was going to be like it was traditionally with Disney feature animation where you just roll the credits at the end of the picture and, uh, you know, before VHS and you wouldn't know who was who. But that was Walt's decision. Walt's decision was to get involved in the story and not focus on who's behind the microphone, which I really like. So when I got the job, that was the way that we were going to proceed. So it would just be if you stopped your VHS, you might see who was playing which role and that was it. It was never going to be announced. But with the screenings of our film, uh, changing Disney's history as far as animation goes with the second golden age of animation, it was such a huge change that I got a call saying, you're going on a press tour. And I thought, why? I mean, we weren't (laughs) going to talk about that. (laughs) And they, they changed that whole perspective changed. And so my life accordingly changed because I, I just was going to record it and then go back to New York, do eight shows a week. And that was it. Yeah. So everything changed right before the film came out in September of 89. And I went on uh, 22 cities in 20 days of a press tour. Oh my God. And that was it. After that life changed drastically. Yes. I loved in the book. I did not know this before, but where you talk about your friendship with Paige O'Hara, that Ariel yeah. and Belle are real life good friends. friends. That is. We've been friends since 1981. So, so many of our friends listening share, you know, whether it's the teacher next door or it's another medical professional in their world where there is like, who's going to get the next job or who's going to get the right. promotion? How did y'all handle friendship over competition? 
Well, it's interesting. We never auditioned for the same projects together mm. ever mm. in our life until it came up to Bell. Yeah. But they I don't know why Disney had me audition. I remember calling Howard and saying, Why am I auditioning for Bell? I just did Ariel and now it's been revealed who I am. Yes. So that will be confusing to children that see me, you know, publicizing Ariel. And he's like, Well, I think Disney's just trying to be respectful or something. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So I auditioned and then they called me and Howard's like, well, I just want you to know that you're not going to be cast. I said, well, I know that. I mean, it's just kind of, I think they just did it out of, I don't know, maybe just felt obligated yeah. to. Yeah. So when Paige, um, when Paige was up for Belle, I, of course I was thrilled and so excited for her. And she called me before her final callback and, uh, you know, kind of said to me, can you help me through my final callback with Howard and with Disney? I was like, absolutely. What are they saying? She goes, well, they kind of want me to sound more like you. And I was like, no, that's not what they're saying. Yeah. They they want you to 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 Howard Ashmanize it, mm -hmm. which <laughs> which in itself is is kind of a unique way to communicate a character vulnerable and and authentically, not to oversing things and to really be more intimate with it. So I, I think when they're saying for you to sound like me, I, I think what they want is more of Howard mm -hmm. and and the way that he's going about your character. So we talked through it that night, and uh, she went to her final callback and she booked it. So <laughs> it was awesome. It's wild. And then y'all became Disney legends at the same together event. on yes. the same day. Yeah, that was that was a magical day, really a magical day to be together. Yeah, we. we we couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Tell us what, for anyone who doesn't know what a Disney legend is, will you kind of define right. what that means? Well, I, when I got the call, I thought I was actually being let go from the company because they were doing like a freshening up of voices in our character division. And I had done the part for so many years, I just assumed that they were going to be refreshing as well with sound alike. So when when one of my bosses called that day, I answered the phone like, hey, Chris, it's wonderful to hear from yeah. you. And no worries. It's been a great yeah, ride. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I'm totally ready for this call. I know yeah. that we're doing a clean sweep of our department. I understand. Thank you so much. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you're kind of letting me go, right? I mean, we're moving on. It's been a great ride. He goes, no, I was just calling to see if you'd come to LA um, in August and we can induct you as a Disney legend. And I dropped the phone. I mean, I literally <laughs> dropped the phone and I think I picked up the phone. And I think I said something like, I thought you had to be dead to get this. I mean, I truly <laughs> like, it. are you telling me they, I died? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and he goes, no, you're, you're all very much alive wow. that are getting this award. So again, I was under the impression that it was done posthumously and that people yeah. had passed on and that they had been in the company for decades and decades upon where I was. And so many of my bosses and people that I had worked with at the company from day one were not Disney legends. So I just assumed that I would never get one, yeah. you know, because my bosses hadn't. So it never crossed my mind that I'd even be considered for something like that. So it was a complete shock and surprise yeah. when I got the call. So it, it was a lovely surprise. <laughs> Our staff, we are, we, there's a lot of us who love Disney. I was literally at Disney World two weekends ago. And, oh, great. But the staff has a question of whether you can get into Club 33. 
Yeah, well, I, I'm not a Club 33 member, but with my Legends uh, status, you receive lifetime entrance into all of our parks for you and for your entire biological family. Wow. So at the time, it's me and my husband, my son, and my daughter, yes. which I can share their passes. So I have a... Um, a standard gold uh, main gate is what comes with the Legends, which is entrance to all of our parks except for Tokyo, which we don't own independently ah, okay. at Tokyo Disney Sea and Tokyo Disneyland. But yeah, so I'm not a Club 33 member, but as a Legends, um, you know, we're allowed to to go. Oh, to I would imagine you can go things. anywhere you want. You just like, <laughs> hi, I'm Ariel. Well, Let me no. in. Lightning <laughs> pass don't. for every ride. <laughs> no, and I don't, I don't, I don't throw that around at all. Um, but and normally when I'm at the parks, I'm working. So I, I, I have my VIP guide, which when you're working and you're in any of our parks, you go with a VIP guide because it's all back door. So yes. we don't walk through the park necessarily. We, we get in our car and they drive us around to the back and we go in the back entrance, do the attraction however many yeah. times and yeah. then jump back in the car and drive around. The only park that we can't do that in is Disneyland and California Adventure because it's a walkable. We yeah. just walk back yeah. and forth between the two and back door. But in Disneyland in Florida, Walt Disney World in Florida, we can do that with all the parks of our parks except for... For magic, Magic yeah. Kingdom, you've got to you've got to walk it. We can backdoor it. I think we can backdoor it Space Mountain, but other yeah. than that, you've got to walk I mean, through. There's not like everyone access, recognizes so. you, so it, it yeah, would be impossible. Yeah, and I don't do the incognito thing. It's it's even more ridiculous because you're walking around with a plaid vest. So when you have your <laughs> yeah, guide, they know. <laughs> it, it, people know that when you're walking around with a guide, you're either going to be, you know, a family who has paid for yeah. a guide and and or what they call kind of celebrity VIP yeah. or high visibility kind of a thing. Yeah. So going incognito is kind of silly. So I, it's the only place I get to wear ears or a aerial t-shirt. It's the only place yeah. I can wear that kind of stuff. And I do with the kids and we dress up and have a lot of fun. So it comes with the territory that yeah. you're going to be stopped all the time to take selfies, but it takes like five seconds right, you know, right. to say hello and take a selfie and thank you so much. And so I do that. I don't walk just through and, yes. and you know, don't bother me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and fans are lovely. I mean, they don't usually come up to me uh, at a restaurant when I'm sitting with my family yeah. or if I'm actually eating. I just uh, did the maiden voyage and our entertainment cruise for the wish for our I saw it ship, it looks beautiful which is amazing and it was so much fun and I've christened the other ships and did the inaugurals for all of our sh other really? ships so it was wonderful to get to to be part of this one and again you're on a working cruise so you're yeah. going to be stopped the entire cruise that's that comes with the responsibility and I'm more than happy to do that because like I said our Disney fans are are just the best and they're so kind but this was the first time somebody actually came to my table while I had food in my mouth to oh. ask for a photograph <laughs> and a meet and greet and I swallowed my food kindly and I could see my my people my family and as well as our you know representatives and yeah. stuff kind of like Right. And I was like, if you just give me, you know, 10 minutes and I finish my dinner and you go do something, I'll meet you at the at the entrance of the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. And uh, that's very rare that somebody, you know, yeah. stops you while you're in the middle of eating, yeah. especially when you're with your family. Yeah. But everybody's always so kind. You've christened every cruise ship. 
Yeah, I um, did, did the magic, yeah, the magic, the wonder, the dream. The fantasy was actually christened in New York City in the oh. harbor. And there was something going on that weekend with one of my kids, one of our kids that I that I couldn't. But then after that, then I did their next like media cruise yeah. after that. So I just wasn't there for the actual event. That's but super amazing. Fun. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's, love the ships. They're amazing. Your legacy is so much more widespread. I mean, it's the, it's back to that sentence of Ariel isn't just your job, it's your ministry. I mean, like, literally, it's just so widespread across... It is. It's kind of around the world, yes. and it, it touches different people in, in different unique ways. And, you know, it, uh, it kind of always blows my mind, and it's quite overwhelming to think about that the film has had such a, a huge impact in people's lives and means something very unique and special to each person for their story. So I, you know, I just, I just go with it and try to be light and salt every single day and go for the journey and take advantage of the opportunities that are presented in front of me to be able to love on people. Well, I mean, that's really what I'm kind of called to do while I'm traveling and working with the company is just to simply love others. Well, yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our awesome partners, Thrive Market. So some of you are probably better at me than this. I can promise you you are. But planning out a menu for the week, listing all the ingredients needed, and going to the grocery store once a week to get everything is not my specialty. I always forget something. I end up at the store day after day or overspend on impulse buys and then lose interest in the meals I had planned and the vegetables go bad. You know the story. You know the story. Finding high-quality, affordable grocery items in one place is almost impossible in today's world. But thanks to Thrive Market, I stress less because I get everything I need and so much more in one place. Shopping with Thrive Market means you'll find everything from healthy pantry essentials to sustainable meat and seafood to non-toxic cleaning and beauty supplies. And it is all delivered right to your door. When you buy from Thrive Market, you can save up to 30% off the best organic groceries. Things like purely Elizabeth granola that is so good. That original flavor with the hint of cinnamon. Y'all, yum. Okay. My chomps snack sticks for some protein on the go and those kettle and fire bone broths. Y'all, I use that for soup. I make it every time I make soup. That's what I put in it. And I saved almost $20 on my order. Okay. Absolutely love how easy it is to use their website and their app. Yes, they have an app. They make it super simple to filter by 90 plus values and lifestyles to find what works for you. Looking for low sugar or keto, gluten-free, zero waste, BIPOC owned brands. Y'all know I typically feel better with less gluten and dairy in my life anyways. And Thrive Market saved me so much time finding quality gluten-free selections. Thank you, Thrive Market. And I love this. With Thrive Market's fast and free carbon neutral shipping, you're also saving a ton of time otherwise spent in grocery lines and parking lots. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you're joining a community of 1 million plus members and sponsoring a family in need. I love that. So get convenient, high quality, affordable groceries delivered with Thrive Market. Join Thrive Market today and get $80 in free groceries, you guys. $80 $80 in free groceries. That's T H R I V E market.com slash that sounds fun to get $80 in free groceries. That's thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun. And one more amazing partner to tell you about stamps.com. Okay, so during the next few days, our team is working on a big project for the holiday season, and we are really excited about it. More on that to come, but it definitely has us thinking about how busy November and December are going to get. If you own a small business like ours, you know how chaotic 
those months can be. So it always pays to get ahead of the craziness, right? Well, luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all of your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. Get access to the USPS and the UPS services you need to run your business, but you don't have to go there. Do it all right from your computer. With inflation on the rise, you guys, every dollar counts. And that's why the major discounts on the USPS and the UPS rates, we're talking like 86% off, y'all. It is such a benefit of Stamps.com. So get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. We're trying to as well. Get started with Stamps.com today. So sign up with the promo code that sounds fun for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Jody. It's an interesting thing because so many of our friends listening don't work in ministry full time, mm-hmm. but they are out in the world like you and I are. And, yeah. Yeah. and they get, that is what we're asked to do is salt and light right. and how we do this. And so will you talk a little bit about your faith journey? I love, we have a lot of our friends listening that are Catholic. I loved your conversation in the book about like the beautiful parts of Catholicism that have come with yes. you and your yeah. when you fell in love with Christ and what that looked like and what happened. So will you talk a little bit about your faith journey? Yeah, I am. Um... I grew up with a faith. I went to Catholic school from first grade through 12th and uh, belonged to a parish, St. James, for my whole life that I was there in, in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, I just had amazing experiences, and God really, really spoke to me when I was in middle school. Yeah. And I really felt that connection. And uh you know, had a wonderful priest. I had lovely, some some really lovely nuns, some yeah. maybe not so nice. Yeah. But um, I remember sitting down with, with one of the priests, I think I was probably in seventh or eighth grade, and just kind of said like, because I would do the confessional, I would go to the box and yeah. get on the kneeler and, and then do my penance accordingly. But I just remember having that conversation with the priest in, in behind the altar in like his little sort of office area where everybody was kind of meandering in and out and just said like, why do I have to come to you? I don't, I don't really get that. Like I, I can talk to Jesus and he hears me and I hear him. And uh, I think he, I think he told my parents, well, I think your daughter asks too many questions or something like that. And just kind of said, well, you know, yeah, but you still need to come to the box and do this and do that. So I remember starting that kind of going, Hmm. I feel like this is a little bit more of a personal relationship, so didn't yeah, quite understand that. Yeah. But there were so many aspects of the faith, I'm going to use the word religion, of yeah. the religious expression of Catholicism that I really related to. I remember the Stations of the Cross. That was huge for me, walking around to each yes. of the stations, and you would kneel and you'd look at the beautiful painting and and things and walk the journey of Jesus. And that was so powerful to me for some reason. I I just really connected with that, connected with the sacraments, loved all of that and communion. And I just, I don't know, I just, I felt very close to Jesus 
during all of those yeah. things. And I just felt like I could really hear him speak to me. Yeah. So to then transition into more of a personal relationship when I was 18 and living in, uh, and working in Nashville at the time and had met my, my husband uh, at the time, my boyfriend, and he had told me about this personal relationship. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking and talking yeah. about. And I'd like to know a little bit more about that. And, and so he had been in Los Angeles working on a show and I went out there. He goes, I want you to meet, you know, the pastor and his wife and would sit at the kitchen table and just have these great conversations yeah. with them going, yeah, this happened to me when I was a kid and all growing up, but I just kind of feel like there's something missing, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was really amazing. So Opryland in Nashville is where you kind of yeah. had your first real show that you were in that was public besides yeah. in school? my first uh, professional job. Yeah. I was uh, 17, turning 18. Let's see, was I 18? Yeah, so I was 18 when I auditioned for Opryland Theme Park, which doesn't exist anymore. No, I think sadly. it's a parking lot at the hotel. It is, yes. But um, <laughs> parking lot at the hotel. But yeah, it was... Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. I auditioned at the University of Illinois campus in Champaign-Urbana. And uh, and I got cast in the Broadway-themed show, which was a decades show called I Hear America Singing. And we did anywhere from four to six shows a day. And then you'd have a day off because we had a red cast and a blue cast. Oh um, and our, our theater was indoor, air-conditioned, yes. with a full orchestra, which was amazing. And it was a great job. It was a great paycheck. So I was 18. Yeah. And man, I was living my... My high life that summer of my freshman year. And then I met my husband, you know, yeah. so had an apartment with a high school friend who also got cast in a different show. He did, unfortunately, he was cast. We had this great apartment, loved it. And he was cast, my friend, in Showboat. So he was in the outdoor space. On the General Jackson? Yeah, oh. <laughs> he was in the outdoor space and I felt so badly. So when he'd come so home hot. from work after it being 101 yes. with 99% humidity, heat stroke and ice baths, and I'd be in the comfy, comfy <laughs> AC all day long. I was like, oh, I feel so bad that I got so lucky. But it was a great summer. We love Nashville. We played at the lake and yeah. just did all sorts of fun stuff. And uh met a lot of really wonderful people that summer. I grew up a Christian as well. But one of the turning points in my faith was when I was 19. And so mm -hmm. I think, man, for all of our friends listening who are either in their 20s or who are raising yeah. kids who are getting close, like it, it's amazing that you feel like that's so young now to me. It's so young to think about 19. But I'm like, man, you and I made real choices in those years yeah. that have shaped the rest of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with our kids, with my son and his uh, new wife last night. We were just talking about how one decision, you're one decision away from changing the course of your of your story, of your legacy forever. Yes. You know, one decision away. And thankfully, you know, they are they are solid in their faith knowing that each of those choices is going to be directed by God if they yeah are open and listening, he's going to guide and, and direct his kids, you know, because yeah. he obviously wants the best for us yeah. and wants us to make those right choices. You were so honest in the book talking about you and your husband, Ray, from when y'all met to when you broke up for a couple of months mm -hmm. to even after, I think it was right after Little Mermaid that y'all separated for a little yeah. while. Yeah, right. I, 
so talking about one decision that impacts your life, I mean, partnering with him for your whole life, even in mm-hmm. the ups and downs, will you talk a little bit about now when you look back on your 30 plus year marriage, why right. did those dips matter and, and why did it matter to get to the other side of them? Right. Yeah. Well, I met him when I was 18 and he was 22. He's four years older. And I knew at the end of that summer, that was the man I was going to marry. Wow. I, I just, I just sensed it in my heart. I just felt like it was, it was God's plan. And so we dated on and off for those four years and broke up. And the breakup was, was by his doing. Then about three months later, we got back together again and he proposed. And, you know, so we definitely had an up and down road during dating. Mm-hmm. With the success of Mermaid, and that was kind of a big surprise, and things started kind of taking off for career stuff, was really overwhelming. And I think a lot of the unsettled luggage, baggage, junk from my childhood, my dad left when I was 11, mm-hmm. and it was a, a difficult divorce, and I didn't have him in my life. Um I think I hadn't de- dealt with that uh, abandonment mm. and rejection and insecurity. And so that started to rear its ugly head within our marriage. So it wasn't really Ray in our marriage as much as me needing to have that inner healing from my inner child, yeah. really. And yeah. so I went through a very hard time where I wanted to uh, to end my life. And God wow. just brought miraculous people into my life. I actually lived with my animator, Glenn Keen, and his wife and kids for three months and started some really intense uh, therapy and counseling, which was a huge lifesaver for me. And uh, Ray and I were separated for 18 months. And then we got back together again and recommitted our marriage and renewed our vows and started a family afterwards. So it's... It's quite miraculous after 38 years of marriage and 42 years that we've been together that we are still going strong. So it's, it's, it's a miracle. Will you talk to our friends who are in month 10 of a separation? And they don't yeah. know if it's going to be 18 months or 12 months or if tomorrow, you know, because you couldn't right. have known at month 10 what that it would be 18. No. So no. in, when you're in the middle, and this is true of your Ariel story too, like you auditioned and it was a year before you even got the right. call that you'd gotten the job. Right. What do you do in the middle? What's your conversations with God like in the middle? I, I think with my counselors, I had a couple different people I was working with said at this point, you really do need to live hour by hour. Mm. It wasn't even a day by day type of thing. That was just a little too overwhelming for me to think about the whole day, but I could handle the next hour, do the next right thing for this hour. So that's how I lived my life for several months. I I, I could not, and they'd say, "You, you can't think about your marriage. You can't think about Ray. You can't think about getting back together or getting a divorce. What you need to think about is the next hour. Wow. And you can handle that. And God can handle that. It's, It's the image that they gave me. And I use this image a lot. When you are in the dark and you're outside and you have to get from point A to point B in pitch black, and you have a flashlight, you have your phone, whatever. It just shows enough light for the next step. Yeah. It doesn't show the destination of where you're going. It just gives you enough light for the next place for proper footing, yeah. for the next safe step. That's what it's like. 
that's during that hard time of walking was I need to put my next foot down in the next safe right place. Yeah. But he didn't need to give me enough light to show the further because I couldn't handle it. Yeah. It's like God doesn't want to give us too much to be overwhelmed. Yes. Because we, we can't handle it. We can't handle that. It, it's too much. Yeah. And he loves us too much to put that amount of worry and stress and frustration upon us. Yes. Because the walk with him is supposed to be one of peace and joy and freedom where we do not fret, do not fret, mm -hmm. do not fret. Mm -hmm. But I think if I were to have seen the end result of any of those times during the darkness, it would cause me to fret. Wow. So anytime I started to get panicked and panicked, but what if we get a divorce? What's that going to look like for my faith walk? And what are people, and I'm going to disappoint my family, and I'm going to, and she would be like, mm, no, yeah. no. What's the next one hour that you can do? Yes. And think about what God wants you to do with that 60 minutes. Yeah. And that really saved my life. That is so helpful. I think about some of my hardest days. My, I, I'm not very good at thinking hour by hour, but I can do like, here's what time you can go to bed. <laughs> mm -hmm. You just have to keep Backwards. going until... I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. I'd start at the end and then work my way back mm -hmm. of what would be productive, what would bring peace, what would bring a sense of contentment yes. or a sense of purpose for today. Yes. And sometimes it would be something simple like taking a shower and working out and eating properly for the day. That was a successful day. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one or two things you can do today on your worst mm -hmm. day, that's a success. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, I think it's so important. You, you tell this beautifully in the book, but that that is sitting on top of when Little Mermaid comes out. <laughs> so your biggest, like, your biggest professional thing that the has shaped your whole The highest of the highs yes. and the lowest of lows yes, were simultaneous. at the same time. And I think that God ordained that timing to be messy like that. Wow. I really do. I think, I think he needed me to realize that during the lowest of lows, he could still find me valuable and wow. able to be used wow. for him. Right. And that was very against the way I grew up that you have value because you're productive mm. or you have value because you're successful or you have yes. value because your behavior is appropriate. Wow. So I was having the worst of the worst while the career was at the top doing all these interviews. And I'm like, I'm just nothing but a hypocrite. And he's like, no, you're just a vessel and I can use you in whatever state you're in. Yes. When you're at your lowest of lows and you're messy, I can still use you because mm -hmm. my plan is bigger and yeah. I think outside of the box yeah. and his plan doesn't always make sense. So I needed to realize that God is God and I can't even begin to figure out how he thinks. Yeah. And how he makes these plans, yeah. you know. And how he aligns things for the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot about our, our jobs having a public face, but personal tragedy, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and often that hypocrite question, when it comes to my mind, I'm always like, well, a surgeon doesn't not go into work because they got dumped yesterday. 
So just yeah. because I have a uh, public life does not mean I can't go to work tomorrow. <laughs> right. right. So it's that balance right. of like, God has ordained today to be today and everything I'm meant to hold today can all be mm-hmm. held at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that is absolutely. that is hard. It's hard to live. It's easier to sit and talk with you about Jody, but it's well, harder to live. It is, and you know, it it comes from that God does take ashes and yes. makes them beautiful. Yes, and He takes the messy, and it's complete. Yes, but we in our little human minds can't make that equation work. Yes, you know, we we just can't. That's right. So to think that he would bless my career at the worst time of my life, I didn't feel worthy of that. Yeah. And I was booking jobs left and right. And I'd be like, oh, no, I I don't deserve any of that. Wow. Because my life is such a mess. And he's like, that's just not how he operates. He doesn't operate the same way I think he should. Yes, that yes. makes sense to me and my little brain, you know. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I say a lot that I don't like to should people. I just don't think it does. It doesn't ever get the the thing I want. And mm-hmm. I, just a few days ago, when I was talking to the Lord, I was like, you know, I think I should you a lot of what I think you should do and shouldn't do. Right. But I won't do yeah. that to my friends. Why do I do that to the Lord? It's so right. But I do it too. Yeah, yeah, and and again, he he has the perspective. That I that I don't have. Yes. So he does see a different viewpoint of the picture than yeah. what I do. Yeah. And again, the the viewpoint of my picture is just here in my Earth suit on Earth. <laughs> right. And his is eternal, so I can't even fathom that. Right. And a lot of things that have happened in my life, I'm not going to see any type of fruit or f- completion or getting to the other side. that just doesn't really matter to him that I have all those answers. Yes, And even when I'm in heaven, I don't know if I'll have those answers and I'm sure it won't even matter at that point. So I think he's just trying to encourage me to just let go and trust him and live freely and talk to him daily. Yeah. Love others well, be light and salt and keep it simple. You know, don't make it so complicated. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, Liquid IV. Okay, so a major theme in my books, That Sounds Fun and Chase the Fun, center around why we all need hobbies. The things we do just for fun are so important in keeping us mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy. And one of the hobbies that I've missed the most during the time I've needed to take it easy from my knee injury and surgery is simply getting to take walks or go on hikes. I'm easing back into that, and I love it so much. Here's the deal, y'all. We need fun in our lives. No stakes, no pressure, just pure enjoyment. And you can fuel your play with Liquid IV for hydration that is two times faster than water by itself. Because life's better and more fun when you are hydrated. This is true. I pretty much always have my water bottle with me, and I love that Liquid IV is conveniently packaged in individual packets so they're easy to grab and go. I just mix one stick in my water bottle, carry it along on a walk, or keep it with me in the car. It helps me recover so quickly and with three times as many electrolytes as traditional sports drinks and five essential vitamins I know that I'm getting what I need to keep feeling my best. Liquid IV has 10 refreshing flavors. Okay, listen to these options y'all. Concord grape, I love. Lemon lime is delish. Pina colada, it's so good. And tropical punch. And since it's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy, you don't have to worry about any of those potential sensitivities. So grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 15% off when you go to Liquid IV 
HelloFresh.com and use the code that sounds fun at checkout. That's 15% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code that sounds fun at liquidiv.com. And now back to finish up our conversation with Jody Benson. Our friends from the AFD Week in Review email that we sent on Fridays, a few of them sent in some questions for you. And one of them kind of goes along this path of, do you wonder what would have happened if you wouldn't have voiced Ariel? You know, thinking of God's sovereignty in our lives. Do you ever think about what, how your life would be different? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would be completely different. Right. It would be, um, yeah. I mean, leaps and bounds different, I'm sure. But if that would have been God's plan for me not to, it would have been another incredible journey, just a different path. (laughs) It would have been harder to get into Club 33. You'd have had my life of just longing for Club 33. I try my card at every door and that has yet to turn green, Jody. It has yet to turn green. (laughs) I'm always like, they are watching. And like, here's this girl again, trying her card. Yeah, they've got got the cameras on the door. They they know. They're like, Annie Downs cannot, that girl is barking up the wrong tree. Another interesting question that came in from one of our friends is wondering about your view on Disney princesses mm-hmm. as culture has changed over the last few right. years. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? And I, I think Disney culture is so helpful because another one of our friends said she finds great joy and peace and strength through her experience with Ariel and through Disney princesses too. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing. Well, yeah. Well, things are very different now than they were. But, you know, originally we started out with Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella. Yeah. 1961. And then we didn't have another Disney princess until Ariel in 1989. And she's totally different, you know. There was none in between them. Correct. Oh, So you have to think about the the progression of time and the time period. You know, you got to think about the decade that we were in. And they're fairy tales. Yeah. Remember? They're fairy tales. Yeah. So they're not based on reality. That's right. They you do not brush your hair with a fork. Old fashioned fairy tale, <laughs> right. uh, Hans Christian Andersen. And um, so with that, Ariel is very, very different than yeah. Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and Cinderella. Very yeah. different. Yes. Very progressive for 1989, yes. you know, with her slight rebellious spirit yeah. and her independence and her boldness and tenacity and courage and all these wonderful attributes. Well, we had to move on from there. So you're you're talking about from 1989 till 2022. There's huge growth and huge changes within our culture, especially for females as well. There should be. So um, when I get that question of like, you know, what did Ariel do for a man and this? I'm like, well, oh, you kind of missed the first 15 minutes of the that's film. That's right, that's right. Because the first 15 minutes, as you can see, her I Want song is part of your world, which means yes. she has studied the human world her entire life. Mm-hmm. And she is fascinated with living outside of the box. Yeah. She's wanting to explore and try something different, which is really, really scary mm-hmm. and filled with a ton of fear. Yeah. But there's something in her that wants to be this crossover connection between these two worlds. It's really beautiful. And she happens to meet Prince Eric. She happens to fall in love and he happens to be part of that other world. And so it it kind of follows. And then she saves him. I mean, you, so you could see all these different changes in the way things were with our original princesses. So now as we've, we've gone on with our princess collection of these amazing characters, there's got to be 
growth and change and progression. Yeah. According to the time and culture. So, but it is as you're talking about, I'm like, Ariel really went like, Prince Eric was kind of a vehicle to the life she wanted more yes. than more than the end yeah, result. <laughs> absolutely. No, yeah, because she had her that. dreams and her I wants before she yeah. came across him. Yeah. But he was kind and he was respectful and he was not the monster no. that she had been told that yeah. humans were. Yeah. So yeah. What a gift. But I think I think the I love the legacy of the princesses and I love yes. the growth that we see and I love where we start with Snow White. Yeah. You know? And that was a time period back then in the in forties, fifties and sixties it was just a whole different world. Yeah. Whole different world for females. Do you have a favorite princess outside of Ariel? I grew up with Cinderella, yeah. and that was a beautiful story for me, being in a small town and wanting something more yeah. and wanting to have this other experience. So I could really relate to Cinderella. Yeah. I really did, and I love the music. I love the animation. Oh, gosh. So that's the one that I grew up with. Yeah. Tell me why this was the right time to write Part of My World. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to write a book, so <laughs> it wasn't really? my plan. Tyndale reached out to me in February 2020, and I said, absolutely not. God will literally have to come and speak to me because I'm, <laughs> I'm not writing a book. Wow. That is not anything that I wanted to do. Not a memoir, not an autobiography, nothing. Yeah. And uh, they came back in March and said, you know, could you consider it? And... I was like, no, I really, really don't. It was finally Sarah, the publisher for, yes. for my, my little project, that said, Jody, if I were to tell you that one person could possibly be encouraged in reading one of your little stories, because I don't call wow. it a book. I just call yeah. it a little collection of some stories yeah. of my life, of mistakes I've made and what God has done. And I consider it to be a love letter to Disney and a thank you letter to the people along my journey. Yes. And she said, if I were to tell you that one person would be encouraged wow. by your stories, that you could help them get from point A to point C without having to go through the trauma of point B. If you were to help one person make a different choice than you made, wow. would, you, would you write this book? And I said, yes, I'll do that for the one person. Wow. So it wasn't my heart's desire. I'm very much not about self-promotion. That's not my comfort zone. I'm much more of a cheerleader. I yeah. like to get behind the scenes and really encourage and build others up. Yes, I can stand in front of the stage and sing in front of 20,000 people live. But ultimately, I like to be behind the scenes. Mm. And I just felt like this was very uh, icky, cheesy oh <laughs> to God. write a book about myself. Yeah. and all. So I never talked about it. Wow. I did it. I worked on it for a year. I worked wow. on it for a year and I didn't tell anybody except my immediate family. And so when the announcement came out, uh, there were a lot of friends and family that were kind of like hurt, like, I can't believe you. I said, you know what? How would that come up in conversation? Right. Oh, how are you doing, Jody? I'm doing great. I'm writing a book. Right. In the middle it of a pandemic, sounded, you're like, what am I talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like every other person is doing writing a pandemic book because they have nothing, no other jobs. I was like, it's the worst timing. It looks, it looks bad. I, I just thought it looked bad. Wow. So I just had to let it go. 
I really did. I had to let it go and just trust that these little stories that I share, it kind of meant like a devotional. You can kind of pick one up and read one little story and either get a scripture connection or a mistake and what God did and, you know, don't make the same mistake I did. Um, And then uh, put the thing down. You don't just sit there and read it, you know. It's just kind of leave it there. And occasionally, if you want to find possibly a word of encouragement, Maybe you'll find that in a story. Yeah. We've had a couple of Broadway people come through on the show. So there is a ton of great Broadway stories in the book, too, <laughs> that are just fascinating. And reading about Broadway in the 80s and 90s, it sounds so different than it is it now. It was very different. It was yeah. very different. And and again, it allowed me to get to say thank you to so many people yeah. along the journey because, you know, it, it's not about me. And it truly is a love letter to Disney yeah. because, you know, Howard changed my life forever. And I was able to tell him that, you know, yeah. on his deathbed and be able to that say thank you. Thank you for changing. Thank you for changing my life and my family's yeah. life, you yeah. know. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just really remarkable. So we have this little collection of stories and it's going to be out there September 13th whether I like it or not, you know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, and <laughs> so Tyndale's like, well, you will help us like share it, right? I'm like, absolutely. I'll do everything yes. that you guys ask me yes. to do. But if you want me to jump up and down and be a cheerleader, like, oh, my book's coming out. But no, because no. what did I do the day that it was announced? And I think that they released it. I spent the whole day crying. Did you? The entire day. Jody. Wow. Yeah. And the team was just like, of course, they're constantly like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Amazon this and books a million this and this. Yeah. And I just spent the whole day by myself wow. crying. And I, wow. I think it was maybe cathartic of just like, but it was also sheer fear that my life is out there now, wow. you know, and stories that were very, very private to me yes. um, were out there. And so I just had to give that to God. And I just said, yeah. you know what, this is all you. So yes. Here we go. Uh, Very scary. Very, very scary. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, I read every page and I felt so invited. I felt so invited into your life and into your story. And and I think people are going to absolutely love it. So thank you, thank well, you for putting it out there. I'm sorry yeah, that it hurts. No, no, it's it's um it's a it's a walk of obedience. That's yes. basically what. Sometimes yes. God calls us. It's just way out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and sometimes, and that's kind of how I felt. God was saying, "I'm I'm calling you on this. It's way out of your comfort zone, but you got to trust me. Yeah, and you just got to take that leap of faith yes. and let it go. Yes, and don't worry about it. You you were obedient. I did it, and now it's done. Yep. And I don't have to worry about the rest of it. You yes. know what I mean? It's it's his doing. He called me to do it through the publishers, and um, literally, my husband had been talking about a book, a book, a book for ten years. Oh my gosh! And finally, I said to him, I said, "Honey, you have to stop." please don't ever mention that to me again. It just causes so much anxiety and I'm not doing it. Yes. And the next month, Tyndale called. (laughs) And I told him, I said, the only way I will even consider this is that phone has to ring. Yeah. God's literally going to have to speak through somebody before I'll even consider it. And they called. And then they called. I was like, oh my God. And my husband was like, smirking and laughing when they call him. 
He's like, I told you, you had a book inside of you. I'm like, stop it. Yes. Stop that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Well, the other fun thing for people listening to know is if they listen today on September 12th and pre-order it today, one of the pre-order things is a trip to Disney and get to meet you. Yeah, I mean, this is really cool. I'm super excited about this. So yeah, everybody that pre-ordered from the day it was announced up until tomorrow, September 13th, you get entered into this fun little contest. And it's one person that wins a trip to Walt Disney World. And we'll meet down there. And we will ride the Little Mermaid attraction together. Oh, and I'll my sing gosh. along with <gasps> it, which is so fun. And You're then we'll have lunch along? together. Oh, yeah. Judy. I always do. I what? always sing along when I, I get yes. on the attraction. <laughs> to be fair, I, I do too. I'm just not Ariel. So I do too. I can't help but do it. I don't mean to, but I just it just happens. Uh, I'm just on it. I just start singing along. Yes. I, get, I sing under the sea. I sing everything, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So we'll do that and we'll do lunch. We'll have lunch together. And I'm sure we'll float around to some other fun things to do at the park together. Yeah. But um, we'll be at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Well, listen, you know I'm fun. doing I'm pre-ordering. And I'm there getting I am trying to win that because that sounds awesome. <laughs> and then I had fun doing the audiobook because that was that was super um, great. I love doing the audiobooks, and, yeah, and intimate at the same time and really special. So then it comes with that audiobook as well yes. when they do the little pre-order, so, pre-order thingy. So, anyways, yeah. I thought Tyndale came up with some fun little yes. activities and ways to. Uh, you know, to just make it kind yeah. of extra special. So I think the Disney thing will be something and really And super special. generous of you to spend your time that way. That is oh like... Oh my gosh, are you kidding? The park is like my favorite place. I so know. that's a no-brainer. Yes, the Little Mermaid <laughs> ride is... My two must-dos are Little Mermaid yeah. and Peter Pan. Those are two that yeah, I have me to too. do. Yeah. yeah, I have to do those two. Oh, they're just they're, just, they're classic. They're yeah, so fun. They're so, so fun. Yeah. Okay, is there anything we didn't say about the book that you want to make sure we say? Oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Totally, totally fine. Whatever, whatever happens with the book, it's 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 going to be yeah. fine. And I, so many of our friends, in God's hands. Yes, that's it. So many of our friends who wrote in questions are so excited about you being Nia in the Wing Feather Saga. Yeah, that's I'm excited so about that. That was such a God thing. I auditioned for that quite a while ago. Yeah. And so when I hadn't heard anything, I just assumed I didn't get it, which is totally fine because, you know, you do like 100 auditions and you might get one, <laughs> maybe. But if you get a, a good one, you know, yeah. like yeah. Ariel, then yeah. it'll last for the rest Worth of your it. life. Yeah. So you never know. <laughs> but um, I, when I auditioned for Wing Feather Saga, I didn't really know anything about the books. I didn't know about the faith. Oh, wow. Uh, that was running through it. I just did the audition and that was it. Pushed yeah. the button and it was gone. So when I got the job, then I kind of heard more about it. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. This is super cool. This is going to be so much fun. So uh, yeah, so we're recording the episodes and Nia gets to sing in one yeah. of the episodes, which oh is gosh. so fun. Oh, that's So cool. uh, it's a great cast. Of course, I work by myself yeah. and just through Zoom and stuff in the studio, but the staff and the creative team, they're yeah. amazing and so nice and so fun. And um, we have a lot in common, you know, yeah. just with our journeys and with homeschooling and with um, just wanting to put out some great content yeah. out there. So it's a great project that lines up with with my heart. Yeah. And uh, Nia is an awesome mom. She is quite the warrior. Yeah. She has um, amazing passion 
loyalty, but she is a diehard mama bear, which I am yeah. too. So yeah. I love that about her. <laughs> Don't mess with her kids. That's right. Man, you're going to be in big trouble. That's right. <laughs> Andrew Peterson is a friend of the show and a dear friend. Yeah. And so, and I, those books are unbelievably good to me. Yeah. So we're so thrilled. And Ellie Holcomb so is fun. another character that's in there with y'all too, who we yes. love. So that is really yes. fun that you get to do yeah. that. It's going to be super fun. And I hope one day that we all get to meet yes. in person. That yes. would be really fun at whatever that little event would be. Yeah. It would be fun to meet the rest of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in the studio working on that. And that's really a really fun session. I've, I've been enjoying that project a lot. Oh, I can't wait to see him. Jody. okay. The last question we always ask on yeah. That Sounds Fun, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, what's always fun to me uh, is is going to the parks. Yes. I absolutely love Disneyland, California Adventure, and all of Florida's Walt Disney World. Um, yeah. And anytime that I can get on Everest Expedition and our new roller coaster, Cosmic Rewind, yeah, that is fun. Yeah, so much fun. Okay, so, so yeah. average, how many times a year do y'all go to a Disney park? Well, um, it's interesting. Every year is a little bit different with work responsibilities. This year um, has been quite a bit, yeah. which has been great. And then when I'm not working, we can, because we live in North Georgia, yeah. we can jump on a plane or jump in the car and go down as what I call when I'm there as a civilian. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I go as a regular person. Right. And we love that too. Yeah. Super fun. But yes, it's it it differs every year, but uh, as many times as possible. And yeah. I'm I'm a happy camper. <laughs> that is lucky part of your life. I love that yeah, place. I love it. And so I'm like, I've got to figure out how to get down there more. There so, you go, <laughs> Jody. Thanks for writing this book, and thanks for doing this today. I'm oh, I'm thanks. really excited for people to get to read it, and just loved getting to talk with you. Well, thank you, Annie. You're so sweet, so. and I appreciate you and all of your your listeners and your team that invited me to participate with this uh, interview. And it's wonderful. I appreciate your support and uh, wish you all God's blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys, don't you love her? Can you believe that? Ariel. Listen, her life at Disney World, I am so jealous. She has such a cool life when she gets to go to the parks. Okay, be sure to grab your copy of Part of My World and follow Jody on social media. Tell her thank you so much for being on the show today. And, you know, just talk to Ariel. You can talk to Ariel on the internet, you guys. If you need anything else for me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. And today, what sounds fun to me is we're going to dinner for my friend Kelly's birthday. So today, what sounds fun to me is celebrate my friend Kelly Kirker. Happy birthday, Kelly. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you back here on Thursday with a return visit from John Acuff. But this time, this time, y'all, he's bringing his amazing teen daughters, Ellie and McRae, with him. Y'all are going to adore hearing from them. This is great. Get your teenagers around. We got a great show for you. We'll see y'all on Thursday. <laughs>